Welcome to the Mighty Rip Podcast, hosted by Dave DeBah. As always, the Mighty Rip Podcast is coming to you live from the super plush Mighty Rip Broadcast Studios in the heart of Silicon Valley. Now, to the host that can't stop ripping on players, coaches, and bad front office management, Dave DeBah. Coming up on the Mighty Rip Pod, the PGA finally gives us some good news in the world of sports. I've got a little bit of draft news coverage, and it involves the Detroit Lions and probably the New England Patriots. Plus, I cannot wait, cannot wait for the Michael Jordan Last Dance documentary. All of that, and trust me, a whole lot more coming up on the Mighty Rip Pod today. But we begin (laughs) with the good news in the world of sports. Look, the PGA Tour has announced that it's going to return during the second week of June at the Charles Schwab Challenge on June 11th. Look, this is going to be the first time we've had a professional tour event really since... Uh, since March 8th, when uh, Tyrell Hatton won the Arnold Palmer Invitational. It's been that long since we've had really any live sports to watch. And I'm really looking forward to this. Now, the PGA Tour has to deal with a wide variety of issues. I want to focus in on how they're going to actually deal with stuff on the course, Now, of course, before they get to the course, you know, all the players and caddies and crew members of the television crews and broadcast people are going to have to be tested and certified that they don't have the coronavirus. That's a given. But how are they going to deal with keeping the coronavirus um, off of the golf courses themselves? Um, Weeks ago, I was having a conversation Um, with uh, my sister, actually, and we were talking about going out and playing golf. And I told her, I said, look, I'm not going to go play golf because you would have to touch the flag. I'm not going to go play golf because I'm always hitting the ball in the sand and I'd have to deal with a sand rat, a sand rake. And I'm certainly more concerned about having to pull a ball out of a hole. And those are all, believe it or not, real issues and the PGA Tour is going to have to deal with until we actually have a coronavirus pandemic vaccine. That is the new reality that we all live in. I I know a lot of this stuff sounds absolutely ridiculous. And when I go back and I listen to this podcast in a couple days, I'm going to think the same thing. But those are the types of issues that the PGA Tour is going to have to deal with. They're going to have to deal with zero contact with players and caddies from people who are part of the golf course infrastructure. <laughs> I mean, I mean, literally, they're going to have to make sure that there's nobody in the bathrooms when a player has to go to the bathroom. They're going to have to make sure that there's that nobody from the restaurant staff of the golf course gets too close to any of these players. The players in the caddies literally need to show up, go to the practice facilities, not have any interaction with anybody, get their practice in, and then go play their round of of golf. When they're done, they literally need to go back to the hotel that they're staying in and social distances 
social distance themselves in their hotel rooms. It is the only way that this is going to actually work. Look, I'm really happy that the PGA Tour is actually attempting to do this. I really hope that they can actually pull this off. But everything I've just said are real problems that the PGA Tour is going to have to deal with. Um, In addition to all of that, the first time (laughs) The first time somebody actually tests, the first time a player actually tests positive for the coronavirus who's been on this new tour, like the whole thing is going to get shut down. So they have to go out of their way to be extra cautious about how they handle the players um, at the courses themselves. That's the only way this is going to this is actually going to work in the um, in the mid range midterm of dealing with this coronavirus, of course, until we actually get a vaccine. Look, some rule changes are probably going to have to happen if they actually, um, there's this concept of um, of of having a, a, a whole attendant. And what a whole attendant would do is they would handle the rakes. <laughs> they would, they would handle, uh, they would handle the flag stick. The, the, the player would actually make a putt, but would never put his hand in the cup to retrieve the ball. The, the, the whole attendant would actually go put their hand in the cup with a course of glove on, grab the ball, and dispose of the ball. <laughs> Look, as we were, as I was doing some research for this, uh, um, this uh, article that we published earlier in the day, um, I discovered that there are 360 million golf balls made a year at minimum. <laughs> so I think it's okay if the players just use a new golf ball during this coronavirus pandemic that we're living through. I'm just saying. So the PGA has got a lot of things to uh, to think about as we uh, as we look at it. Look, I can't wait to tell you guys um, about the upcoming Michael Jordan uh, documentary. We'll get into that in a bit. But first, a little bit more from the uh, from the National Football League rumor mill. <laughs> we, we did a podcast a couple days ago. Uh, about Odell Beckham Jr. Um, being possibly traded to the Minnesota Vikings. Look, when we were doing the podcast, like it was clear to me that that probably wasn't going to happen. Like I was, it was, it was clear that that was probably just a rumor that happened to surface um, in in a minimum of ten different sources. So. It was one of those things that we thought, well, it would be fun to do this thing. Well, now we're sitting here a couple days later, and it's clear that that rumor was actually just a rumor and that that deal is not actually going to happen, at least in the way we thought it was going to happen. So a flash uh, flash forward to today, and we've got the Tua rumor, uh, which has the Detroit Lions, who have uh, who have published basically gone out on the limb and said that they're willing to deal the third pick in the upcoming National Football League draft. That is what the uh, Detroit Lions have said. Bob Quinn, who is the person in charge of, of football operations, is the GM of the Detroit Lions. A guy named Bob Quinn, who used to be um, with the New Orleans and uh, the New England Patriots organization, he was actually with the Patriots organization for an extremely long time. Originally in the scouting department, 
and um, and then was um, sort of um, all over the place, and then eventually became the assistant director of of um, pro personnel. Moved on to become the uh, director of pro scouting for the New England Patriots, a position that that Bob Quinn held between 2012 and 2015 before moving on to the Detroit Lions. Hey, by the way, Bob Quinn's just done a fantastic job, hasn't he? <laughs> Don't make me pull up the Detroit Lions record under Bob Quinn's leadership. I'm just saying. So anyways, so the rumor is that the Patriots are going to somehow trade all the way up to three to take Tua. That would be a very unpatriot-like thing to do. Let me just say that about this particular rumor. That's not how the Patriots normally roll. Unless Bill Belichick is planning on changing the Patriot way, that particular rumor is just that, just a rumor. All right. Um, So elsewhere around the world of sports, before we get into MJ, Air Jordan, Mike, Michael Jordan, the greatest basketball player of all time. Before we get into that, I did want to say just a, a quick thing about Mike Conley, <laughs> who, who won who won the National Basketball Association's first ever, first ever horse, uh, horse championship, horse challenge championship, um, and he beat out uh, Zach Levine. Look, um, the NBA's tried two what I'm calling bubble sports. And both of those bubble sports have been interesting attempts at trying to um, provide some sort of live entertainment for us as we all sit at home and social distance. I'm not begrudging the National Basketball Association for trying. I am, however, going to say that their execution of both of those events has was poor um, in a wide variety of reasons. Beyond the technical difficulties... Um, beyond the bad audio and the bad video, all of those things could have been, been easily resolved if they had just sent out good quality equipment to all the people who were involved. Instead, we had to rely on, on, on people's Android phones and people's iPhones for poor quality and poor audio. It could have been so much better, especially in the horse challenge. Um, Mike Conley, um, uh, we had I predicted was going to win this whole thing just simply because he can go left, he can go right, and and when you actually sort of analyze what Mike Conley has the ability to do from a trick shot perspective, like it's come to this, <laughs> it's come to this. But it's, but but before I I did a podcast two weeks ago, I did some research on Mike Conley. I found out that he's an actual trick shot specialist. <laughs> That's how bad things have gotten in the world of sports when you're actually researching who's the best trick shot player in the National Basketball Association today. Now, is that person actually going to be in the horse challenge? <laughs> like I should have bet some. I should have put some money down on this. Anyway, so I knew Mike Conley was going to be. Uh, hard to beat, and he certainly proved that. And he took down Zach Levine in the championship, uh, in the championship there. Uh, no word yet on whether or not Mike Conley is actually going to get a crown <laughs> for his big victory. Congrats goes out to Mike Conley. Uh, all right, so moving on um, to really what I'm looking forward to the most um, in this upcoming weekend. Of um of electronic sports, 
you know, iRacing and any other um, video game sports that I, I'm going to end up watching uh, over the weekend. The thing I'm looking forward to the most, and the thing I've been looking forward to the most since this announcement came out uh, about four weeks ago, is the Last Dance documentary that Michael Jordan is um, is basically starring in. Of course, it's a it's a story about the whole team, but let's face it: Are you really tuning in just to see how Scottie Pippen dealt with <laughs> and Steve Kerr dealt with the last season, nineteen ninety seven and ninety eight? Do you really want to see how Phil Jackson dealt with things? Look, there's two people you're interested in seeing the most. Two. Now, we know MJ is one of them. The other one has to be Dennis Rodman. Like, I cannot wait to see what Dennis Rodman is wearing. I can't wait to see what kind of hairstyle he has. And I certainly can't wait to pull out my Dennis Rodman speech decoder box (laughs) so I can try to understand what the hell Dennis Rodman is actually going to say in this documentary. This 10-part documentary, the first hour of it is premiering on uh, Sunday on ESPN, and they are going to have huge, I do mean huge ratings for it because it's basically going up against nothing. Look, the ratings for this documentary were going to be huge anyways, so it doesn't surprise me. But the fact that all of these people throughout the entire country, really throughout the entire world, are actually at home right now, like ratings are going to go through the roof for ESPN's The Last Dance, I'm just saying. So a couple other um, just quick things that you should know really um, about this documentary. Now, I grew up, um, you know, watching um, Magic Johnson battle Larry Bird. Um, I grew up, um, my college years were really spent watching Michael Jordan um, and, and watching how great Jordan was. Um, and if you're a fan of the, of the Mighty Rip Pod and you know anything about me, you know that Michael Jordan is, as far as I'm concerned, the greatest basketball player that I've ever actually seen in person of all time. Now, there's a bunch of other players that obviously I didn't have a chance to to watch. My attempts at building a, a, a time-traveling machine have failed. <laughs> I haven't been able to get my hands on a stainless steel DeLorean yet. Though I almost rented one. Uh, last year, uh, but that's a long story for <laughs> for a different day. So I just absolutely love Michael Jordan. I can't wait to watch this. But the thing you have to remember about Michael Jordan, it was also the thing about Kobe Bryant as well, is they were unbelievably verbally, <laughs> verbally difficult on the rest of their teammates. Um, and Michael Jordan was no different. Um, Michael Jordan, like, I don't know, Tom Brady, who, <laughs> who who is still bitter today. Tom Brady is still bitter today that he was drafted in the sixth round of the National Football League draft. With all of the success that Tom Brady has had, <laughs> he's been to the Super Bowl, what, nine times. He's got six rings. He's on his second hand of rings, and he's still motivated 
by being rejected by every team in the National Football League basically six times. <laughs> I mean, that's that's how mad uh, that's how mad Tom Brady is. Michael Jordan was the same way, um, but his rejection uh, didn't happen really in in the pros as much as it happened in high school when he didn't make the basketball team. So whatever it is that drives people, there's almost always something um, in in a in a great athlete's life, um, in a great business person's life, in a great entrepreneur's life, a great doctor's life. There's almost always something that really motivates people, and it's usually when when people think those people are going to fail. Um, and it's when it's that drive that makes people overcome those things. Like there's going to be a scene in the documentary where Jordan talks about how he went from Mike to Michael. <laughs> he had always just been Mike. And then he went to Michael. I'm just saying this documentary is going to be great. Um, but don't be surprised when you see Jordan whose sole purpose while he was in the National Basketball Association was to win, you're going to see the drive that he had, I think, really displayed in this documentary. It's going to be displayed in a way that I don't think, as good as the Jordan Rules book was by Sam Smith, in which he really um, talks about how hard Michael Jordan was on the rest of his teammates, I think when we get into video and we're able to actually see some of the video of this actually happening, it's going to have a, a bigger impact in how uh, we think about uh, uh, we think about Jordan during that era, at the very least. All right, um, so I just want to thank uh, thank everybody for tuning into the uh, to the big uh, mighty rip pod. Um, uh, do check out our big um, website when you have a chance at mighty.rip. We've got no uh, <laughs> current articles that have been published in the last couple days. No reasons to yell for. Uh, I can fly. OBJ, please. The left-hand genius of Tua and Christian Mc. McCaffrey stars in the $6 million man. Um, uh, Jose Canseco is still bashing Alex Rodriguez live from a laptop. It's Saturday night. And the NBA Horse Challenge Five Raisins, Mike Conley will win the crown. (laughs) All right. uh, Thanks so much for tuning in uh, to the Big Mighty Rip Pod. For the Mighty Rip Pod, I am Dave DeBob reminding you that sometimes players, coaches, and front office folks make horrifically bad decisions. (laughs) Bill O'Brien. And it's our job as fans to set them straight.